Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. The Haftarah reading for this past Shabbat was taken from the prophet Micah. And the last verse of the Haftarah reading, chapter 6, verse 8 of Micah, reads as follows. Higid lecha adam matov, uma adonai doresh mimcha, ki imasot mishpat, ve'avat chesed, and I'm going to read it from the translation from the Jewish Publication Society, Tanakh. He, referring to God, has told you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, only to do justice, to love goodness, and to walk modestly with your God. Again, he, God, has told you, O man, what is good, and what the Lord requires of you, justice, goodness, or sometimes translated as mercy, and to walk modestly or humbly with your God. It's a beautiful thought. It's a very well-known verse. But there is actually another way to read this verse, and whether you want to call it an interpretation or a translation really depends upon whether you think the words can fit into the Hebrew grammar. I prefer to call it a translation, but again, I defer to those who consider it a midrash and interpretation. In this case, the translation really centers on one letter of the Hebrew, and that's the letter Vav, pronounced here as U, as a prefix which means and. Uma and what the Lord requires of you. That's the way we translated it before. But vav does not only mean and. Vav can also mean but, the vav of contrast. And I have seen interpretations slash translations of this verse, which read it as follows. Human beings have told you what is good, but what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love goodness and to walk, modest, walk modestly with your God. So instead of being a statement in its entirety, referring to what God wants from us, a contrast is set up between what human beings think might be important and what God wants, uh, wants from us. So human beings may tell you what's good, but here's what God wants from you, justice, goodness, and humility. That particular interpretation is very important. And it becomes increasingly important when voices of injustice, voices of a lack of mercy, and voices of arrogance seem to permeate our world. It's then that those individuals who look to the Tanakh, look to the Bible, look to religious texts for meaning, might focus on the verse from Micah and say that what religion should bring to the world is justice, mercy, and humility to drown out the voices of injustice, lack of compassion, and arrogance. And when those voices of injustice and arrogance and lack of compassion are voiced in the name of religion, 
it really does set up a challenge that we must respond to if we believe in Micah's words. This past week, we read of the Supreme Court decision regarding the web designer, the website designer in Colorado, who sought to refuse to serve same-sex couples with her website. And the Supreme Court ruling that she had the right to do so because it violated her religious beliefs and one is entitled to free speech. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. I don't know all of the details of the case or all of the details that led to the Supreme Court decision. But I would agree 100% with the words of Justice Sotomayor writing in her dissent to the Supreme Court of the United States declares that a particular kind of business, though open to the public, has a constitutional right to refuse serve to serve members of a protected class. The court does so for the first time in its history. By issuing this new license to discriminate in a case brought by a company that seeks to deny same-sex couples the full and equal enjoyment of its services, the immediate symbolic effect of the decision is to mark gays and lesbians for second-class status. End of quote. And I agree 100%. This was, I believe, a horrible decision that will lead to further stigmas against LGBTQ individuals, couples, and families. It, of course, can set up the uh, entire idea of a slippery slope. Who knows what future services will be denied to same-sex couples or to LGBTQ individuals based upon this precedent? And who knows what other group stigmatized by society for one reason or another or by individuals within the society for one reason or another could be refused services by by individuals claiming that for a matter of free speech and based upon their religious principles they would refuse to serve a biracial couple for example they would refuse to serve jews or muslims or whomever it might be in their particular business in their particular uh, business endeavors. It just, to me, opens up an entire, again, Pandora's box, slippery slope, call it what you will, that will negatively affect not only LGBTQ individuals and families, but potentially other peoples within the society as well. A couple of points that I want to add about it. First of all, Although I'm not 100% sure of the details of this, I just read an article this morning that seems to, that still seems to be a question about it, but what I had originally heard and what I think is the case is the fact that there really was no uh, couple that actually came to this woman, same-sex couple, that came to this woman for her services, that this was something that she did to prevent couples from coming. That bothers me tremendously because it, it points out again the fact that people make statements about other people without knowing them, without seeing them, without understanding more about them. And I will say this, I, I don't deny this, this is absolutely true, that when I first became a rabbi, the idea of performing a wedding ceremony for a same-sex couple 
would have been completely foreign to me. I would not have done it. Our our rabbinical assembly did not allow it until uh, maybe I believe ten years ago or so. So, but beyond that, it just wouldn't have occurred to me. Why did my position change on this issue to the point where I would be completely willing and 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 to to perform such a ceremony and certainly to look at same sex couples and same sex families as equals to anybody else, any other uh, heterosexual relationship, is simply because. I had the opportunity to meet, to meet couples, to get to know them, to meet individuals from the LGBTQ community and to understand, number one, what the stigmas of society against them were, how harmful they were, and secondly, how, in the case of couples, how their love was as real and as significant and as deep as anybody else's love and that that comes from exposure to people, that comes from meeting people, that comes from getting to know people. And I think that for most situations, the more we know about people, the less willing we are to stigmatize them, to exclude them. So that was one aspect of this that bothered me terribly. This idea that it was just the idea of a same-sex couple that was bothering this woman rather than interaction she might have had, at least in this particular arena. Because when we do get to know people, then we realize in our humility of walking before God that we are, as the Mishnah teaches, certainly, and as so many religions teach, we are all equal before God. We all, no one can say that one person is more honored than another, is more deserving of respect than another in principle. And that brings me to the other point about this that bothers me and why I started with Micah. And that is that when an action like this woman proposed to take of excluding same-sex couples from her business, when that is based upon a religious principle as it was in her case, it really, truly is, it sends a shiver up my spine. It always does. Because while individual religious groups and individuals in their religious faith have every right to believe what they want to believe, that's their business. But when it becomes a public statement that a particular religious belief excludes others, is insensitive to others, does not have compassion to others, considers others not to be equal on some level to, to the individuals that form the majority in the society. When that happens, and it's mentioned in the name of religion, and then when that is endorsed by the courts, that becomes the face of religion in the society. And the fact is that there are so many religious groups and so many religious individuals and so many spiritual individuals who find who who embrace others rather than exclude them who respect others rather than consider themselves uh, consider those people to be less than they so i think that when we look at micah's words and see that god says do justice love goodness and walk humbly and then we see individuals Again, privately, people can do what they want to do, and I can disagree, but it's not my community. But when it becomes a public matter, 
as it has in this case. And as Justice Sotomayor mentioned, a, a particular business open to the public, to have that business then be affected by a religious viewpoint which excludes and which demeans, that is not in the spirit of the prophet Micah in this beautiful statement. It is truly a sad day in American constitutional law, as Sotomayor says, Justice Sotomayor said. And I think that all of us who believe in the equality of individuals, who believe in mutual respect, who want to look in the face of other people and accept them for who they are as and consider them to be equals to everyone else in society. I think we need to stand up and challenge it and proclaim that this is not what we think God wants. Until next time, thank you.